morning, Waterview. How you guys doing? Oh, come on. Let's let's give it up for the Lord. Are you excited to be alive today? Are you excited about the name of Jesus today? Come on, let's give one more. Just a hand clap real quick. Wake ourselves up this morning. Wow, wow. What a what a great worship. Worship, time of worship we had this morning. It was just amazing to see, uh, you know, the prayer that, that happened. I know there's only one that came down and got prayer, but that, that right there, that moment uh, of, of connecting, of two people putting their faith together. The Bible says where two or three are gathered together, he's going to be right there. He shows up. And so I'm so glad that God showed up. Jesus showed up this morning. So um, my name is Mitch Phelps. Uh, I'm so glad, uh, honored to be with you. It's been a minute since I've been here. Uh, a lot of faces I don't recognize, newer faces. That's always a good thing, right? Yep. And so uh, always good to, to see growth and newer folks coming into a, a church and, and connecting to a church community. Uh, and, and man, what a, what a great leadership team you have here. I've got, had the privilege of knowing Pastor, uh, Pastors Jason and Alex Bentley for probably about seven, eight years now. And they, they had came and they've spoken at our church in the past where we pastored. And uh, we've just just done life with them and got to know them, been on vacation with them and uh, and got to see the launch of this church right here a couple years ago. I've been with uh, this congregation a couple times speaking and so I'm glad to be back here again with you all. I do want to encourage you. Uh, obviously, next Sunday is Baptism Sunday. Make sure you check out the app. Somebody say check out the app. Now say this, say download the app. It's in your app store, by the way. And so, download the app and get it. Get it there. And uh, you can actually sign up for your summer small group series as well there. Uh, summer small group series is about to kick off. And so, be a part of that. Small groups are amazing. Uh, you know, they're interesting. Everybody ever been in a small group that was super interesting before? Like, super interesting before. Like, okay. You know, it's not going to be that way, okay? It's going to be great small groups going on this summer. So be a part of that. You will grow. There's something powerful about getting together outside of Sunday, uh, outside of just the normal service time and living life together. And so also, as I mentioned, uh, Baptism Sunday is next Sunday. You can sign up for a baptism using the website or the app. So get on the app and let's, let's, let's get there. So all right. <clears throat> So guys, we're kicking off a brand new series today. It's called Faces of Faith. And so, you know, what does faith look like? What are the faces of faith? We're going to look at some people in the Bible and discover their stories of faith uh, throughout the next few weeks. And so I'm going to kick this series off. I'm so honored to be able to do that, talking about faith with you all. And so, uh, you know, every time I, I think about faith, I'm kicked back to the 80s. And I remember that song, Gotta Have the Faith, the Faith, the Faith. Some of you are old enough to remember that, right? Some of you remember that, yes? All right. Well, I guess it would be nice, right? Okay, we're not going any further than that. We won't say any more words there, but uh, faith, faith is more than just a catchy song, right? Faith is what you live by, according to the Bible. As a Christian, you walk and you live by faith, or at least we try to, right? We attempt it. Because has anybody ever tried to have faith and it just didn't work out for you? Yeah? You're like, man, I believe this is going to happen. And then you get in your own head and you're like, maybe it won't. Maybe I'm, maybe, maybe this isn't meant for me. This is, you know, just, just faith. And so I'm naming this sermon today, uh, Face Off. Face Off. Face Off was more than a 1997 film uh, with, uh, <laughs> with John Travolta. 
right? And so, um, and who's the other guy that was in it? Nick Cage, that's right. Some of you, I want to see if you guys have seen that before. So Nick Cage and John Travolta, where they are a criminal in the FBI, and, and uh, they change faces, right? And then they change back, and there's a face-off. And so when I was thinking about today, I was thinking about this particular story, this person of interest that uh, we're going to talk about today. And I thought about just her life and the face-off that must have happened. So I want to read real quick uh, a, a passage of Scripture. Uh, Matthew chapter 15, uh, Mark is where most people go when they're reading this, Mark chapter 7, but I want to read Matthew, Matthew's account of this story, because there's something important when you look at different people's views, and, and literally that's what the four Gospels are, they're literally people's different views on stories that went on, they're people's different views on what Jesus did. There's, there's sometimes you'll read one account of a story from, a, from one of the Gospels. It'll be a little bit different. It won't contradict. It won't go against, but it'll give a little extra, right? It'll talk a little bit extra. And Matthew uh, was a little more intricate in his details. Mark, John Mark, uh, is the thought to be the writer there. Uh, he was not one of the 12 disciples. Gives a little bit different outside you know, perspective there. But Matthew gives his perspective here of this particular juncture of faith, this, this jumping off point, if you will, where we see that it's more than just for a select few. Aren't you glad today to know that faith is more than just for a few, right? It's more than just for the person we went to church possibly with, that older person we went to church with, that man, you knew they just had faith, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, this person was, they, they had faith, right? Or, or maybe the, the first time you came to church and you heard somebody speak, you thought, wow, their faith is amazing. But to be honest, everybody's faith is the same. It's just particularly different on how we cultivate it. And I want to talk about that today and, and how that cultivated possibly in this person's life. And so, you know, uh, let's jump right into the scripture real quick. Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. Uh, it says here, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and a Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. She has a problem. She has an issue. Anybody ever thought something was going on with your child before? Yeah. <laughs> this is more serious than that. Like our oldest son, he's 17 now, and I love him, and he's amazing. Uh, but I remember uh, we came back from California we, uh, years ago. He was probably maybe two years old, and we had this uh, yellow leather recliner in our living room, and he was just exhausted. But me and my wife were pretty tired as well, and, and he literally just, just, just spazzed out. He, had a, he was like two years old, and he was like throwing himself back and forth on this yellow like recliner. We thought, oh, dear God. It was kind of funny, and then it was, we were like, should we pray? And then we're like, no, he's just tired. But anyway, uh, so, but it was an interesting time, right? Children are interesting to, to raise. This woman was beyond just your normal, everyday issues with raising children. Listen, you know, and listen, children, if you're in a house, hey, not just about you, because parents have issues as well, right? And so, but, uh, you know, humans have issues, but this woman had a little bit something extra going on in her life. It wasn't just the normal everyday issues. And we all have everyday issues. Matter of fact, probably some of you this week can look back and think, there were some things that went on. There were some episodes that happened this past week. Yes? Yeah? 
Can I, is, is that, nobody had that? Yes, yeah, somebody had some episodes this week. Like, you're like, this is stupid. This is crazy. This is too dramatic, right? And every day, right? Some of us have some of those everyday moments, but then there's some times that are just a bit extra. Like, you really don't know what to do. Like, you're not just frustrated, but you're at your wit's end. You've used up all the faith that you can muster up sometimes. And you're like, man, I don't know what else to do. And so, let's keep reading here. Jesus did not answer a word. I can tell I'm getting old because it's harder to read that one back there than it is up here. So his disciples came to him and urged them, send her away for she seems crying after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. So he gives her a response that was not what she was looking for. It was definitely out of the realm of what she expected necessarily. So he tells her, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. Let's go to the next verse. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even, to the, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. Somebody say amen. It's granted. It's approved. And so I want to just pray over this word as we step into it today and look at this story of this face of faith that is so pivotal in the Gospels. Father, we, we come to you, Lord, today with, with issues and lives that, 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 that are just from here to there. They, we, we all have issues and things that we've walked through or that we're about to go through. And so, Father, I pray as we look at this story of this woman of faith, that you say her faith is great. You, the God of all creation, say her faith is great. You recognize that. And you publicize that. We pray, God, that we're challenged to step into that space of faith. And we pray, God, that we would just grow today and, and, and gravitate to your word and walk in your will. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Everyone say in Jesus' name. Amen. So face off. This woman was having a face off. There's no doubt about it. Listen. If you looked at an average Greek woman, that's what she was. She was a Greek woman. The Bible says that she was from, uh, she was a Syrophoenician. In other words, she was from the area of Syria, and she was of Phoenician background. Phoenician people were a uh, ancient Semitic uh, tribe, meaning they were from that area. They were from that area, but not necessarily Jews. And so, uh, but she had some issues going on in her life. There's no doubt about it. We all have issues. She had everyday things. She probably worried sometimes about how she was going to pay the bills, right? Anybody ever worried about that? Yeah? Uh, she's probably wondered sometimes about, you know, how certain things were going to affect her life and her child's life. We don't know the full background of this lady. Uh, not sure if she was single, not sure if she was married, but we know that it was her and she had a child. We know that. So we have a little bit of a glimpse into a, an average woman. She was not... Uh, of any note necessarily. It doesn't say that she came from a great household. Matter of fact, it kind of says that she was an outsider. And so she was an outsider already. Uh, there's, there's some that have said that she was, uh, she, was, she was basically triple marginalized. She was, number one, she was a woman. And in back in those times, listen, ladies, don't take offense to this, but this is today, this isn't back then, okay? So thank God we're past that. But back in those days, things were, time, were different, right? Women were marginalized. 
And that was not an issue. That was just the way things were. And so that was an issue back then. Thank God things have changed. And so, uh, so number one, she was a woman. Number two, she was a foreigner. She wasn't even necessarily from that area originally. And number three, she was a Gentile. She wasn't a Jew. So she wasn't even really be, supposed to be talking to Jesus or the disciples. There was three things, not, not just her problems, but who she was. There were some things there. How many of you have ever felt overwhelmed before? Yes, but also marginalized. It's happened probably in your life where you felt excluded. You felt like an outsider. You felt like it wasn't for you. Maybe you're not in the right place in the right time. Maybe, uh, you know, God just doesn't have this benefit or this blessing for my life. We've all thought that at sometimes when we're facing a problem. And so we face off with ourselves, And sometimes we're facing what looks like our own face that's telling us that it can't happen. It shouldn't happen. You shouldn't be here. You ever told yourself that before? Yes? You ever told yourself that you don't deserve it? Right? Those are things that come against faith. Those are natural human doubts that we all face. We all struggle. We all walk and live and breathe with that. Anybody ever have an argument with yourself? Yeah? That's the kind of face-off I'm talking about today, to be honest. Because that's the face-off that really happened there. It wasn't necessarily Jesus coming against her, but it was her having to deal with herself. She was the deciding factor there. Can I tell you today that in everything in life, you're the deciding factor. Pastor Kevin Gerald wrote a book called Mind Monsters, and he, he made such a profound statement that has stayed with me after I read the book. It's a very short book. Uh, but uh, he made a statement that you are the person who controls what you think about. Sometimes we struggle to control that, right? But at the end of the day, we're the person that decides that. And it's a struggle sometimes. Like, sometimes I'm like, you're going to stop thinking about that. You're going to stop talking to yourself like that. You're going to be better to yourself, right? Have you ever had that, that conversation before? Tell me it's not just me, right? Okay. And so I've had that conversation. You're going to be better yourself. And so it comes down to you. That was the face-off. This is a woman who was marginalized, triple marginalized by some standards. She was definitely not where she was supposed to be by society's standards. Syrophoenician, not a Jew, not from her own even neighborhood. And her struggles were real. There's no doubt about it. Her struggles were real everyday struggles, but then she had an extraordinary struggle. She had something that brought her beyond just someone who has an issue with money, someone who has just an issue with, you know, you ever have that problem that when you have that one problem that crops up in your life, it is so big that it makes everything else seem minuscule. Like you forget about the money problems. You forget about the uh, relationship problems. You forget about all those things. You know, uh, it's often said that many times what brings a country together is a time of crisis, like 9-11. There was such a unity that happened in 9-11. Some of you are old enough to remember. 9-11 seems like it shouldn't be that far back, right? And so that's 22 years ago. My goodness. And so, but 9-11, it brought our country together. There's other times in history it's brought our country together. And let's forget about that. I'm not going to go too deep in those things. But in your own house, when something happens tragic, it seems to bring people back together. 
It seems to be, make people forget about the petty, minuscule things. And they start focusing on it. And though, so I believe this is where this woman was. She was at a place of desperation. She was at a place that nothing else really mattered. The fact that she was a foreigner didn't matter. The fact that she wasn't a Jew didn't matter. The fact that she was a woman and not a man didn't matter to her. The only thing that mattered is that she would and could get an answer that day for her problem. I don't know where you've been at, but if you haven't had that kind of problem in your life as of yet, there's going to come a time in each and every one of our lives where faith has to come to the forefront of your life and you've got to make a decision, a face-off, if you will, that either you're going to step forward in it. Some of you are probably living in some of those things right now today. That you've got to make a decision of whether you're going to utilize faith and let it grow or you're going to step back and not let it grow. If you were to see her face in the crowd, you might see lines of worry or stress, but you wouldn't know her story, her struggle. I don't know your story today. I don't know your struggle today. I don't know exactly what's going on in your life, but I do know that we all have struggles. I know that there's been times in my life in the last 44 years that I've had some struggles that were extraordinary. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep saying 44 because I've only got a couple more weeks to be able to say that. I'm going to turn 45. And so my wife was back there probably thinking, 45, dude. You're 45 almost, bro. So, <laughs> So, but in, in the last 44 years, almost 45 years, there's been so many times that I have came to a place where nothing else mattered and I had to step into faith. One time in particular, we were in California. We were resigning a church. We were pastoring there and going to plant a church. Um, and um, money was tight. I mean, money was tight, bro. And so, you know, we literally came down. We had, I think, $25 in the bank. And uh, it, was, it was tight. We had, we had uh, put everything up that, to be able to buy a house. We thought, we're going to go plant a church in this community. We're going to buy a house. We're going to invest in the community. All these things. And, man, things are going good. We didn't have a lot of money, but we put as much as we had down on the house. All of a sudden, we couldn't get the key. There were some things were closing, and I had rented a U-Haul truck. And uh, it was a U-Haul rider truck. And the rider people, when I called them and told them, we can't get the keys today, they said, uh, sorry, you've got to get the truck back to us. And I had loaded that truck up with a gentleman from the church that we had resigned pastoring there. Uh, and and I, didn't want to, I didn't have the heart to even call him back. I was like, man, this, it was, luckily it was just me and my wife. We were moving out of a two-bedroom, little one-bad place, and it wasn't very much to move. But I was just so distraught that day. I remember unpacking that truck by myself, sitting down on the floor in that living room and just crying. Like, it was like, oh, my God. Because I'm at the thought, like, we're about to be homeless. Like, I've got $25 in the bank. And I'm like, God, and, and, and I just, I had a choice that moment. And it broke, and I literally, if someone would have been looking through the window, would have thought I was crazy. I just lifted my hands and started laughing and, and praising and, and thought, God, you're going to work this out. It's going to be in your hands. I'm going to choose faith over fear right now. I'm going to choose faith over my fate as it is, supposedly, because I felt like my fate was, was there. Like, this is something I can't handle. This is something I can't overcome. I didn't have the money to deal with it. I didn't have anybody to call necessarily. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I didn't have any of those things going on. And so I had a choice that, you know, albeit my, my fate wasn't like hers with the, with the daughter, but it was a big issue in my life at that point. And I had to choose of whether I was going to praise and depend on my faith or I was going to give in to fear. And so I chose faith. 
And I said, okay, God, you, you're leading us in this direction, so you've got it in your hands. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Oh, by the way, I was I had taken a I had resigned pastoring full time to take a job to be my vocational in order to uh, to to plant the church, and I lost my job <laughs> about two days before all this happened. And layoff. My wife lost her job. California had a job freeze. Some of you guys moved from California, right? Like I didn't know what a job freeze was. I'm from Mississippi. Like what in the world? You know, like they can freeze jobs here. What's going on? So really, you know, so she couldn't buy a job because they had a job freeze and hiring certain things. I was like, what? And so I just looked at my hands and I chose to lean into faith. In the story, everything worked out. I returned the truck. The next day I called. They said, listen, we're going to give it to you for free. Just come get it for what happened. And everything worked out and thank God. But there's moments when you have to lean into faith in your life. And this was where she was. She was at a place like this where she had to choose to display her faith. No one else may know your stories, but God knows your story. Jesus knew her story when she came up. The whole time when she followed and made noise, he knew her story. The whole time when the disciples were saying, hey, push her away, he knew her story. Right? He knows your story today. He knows where you're at. He knows the issues that you face. He knows the issues you're going to face. But what he leaves up to you is how you're going to face them. What he leaves up to us is how you're going to face them. How you're going to react. Are you going to lean into it? Or are you going to let fear take over? That's the choice you have today. That's the choice you're going to have every day moving forward. He knew her struggles, but he chose to display her faith. It's interesting because I believe Jesus knew kind of where she was in her faith journey. She became the face of faith for all races. She wasn't Jewish. She wasn't male. She wasn't from Israel. She became the face of faith for all races, genders, and nation. And if he could reach her in her problem, if he could reach her when she was out of place, if you will, if she was out of place and out of touch, if you will, because she was stepping into a place she shouldn't have been there. But if he would reach her, he could and would reach anyone in faith. So we can look at the story today and know that it doesn't matter where we're at. It matters where he's at. It doesn't matter what we've been through. It matters what he can take us through, right? It doesn't matter what we're going through at the moment. It matters who we're going through with it. If we're going through it with him, then it's going to be okay. Our faith is intact. Our power is intact. Our strength is intact. I'm remembered, uh, reminded of the story of Joshua and Caleb because they had faith. And then when you look at the story 40-something years later, and Caleb comes to Joshua and says, I want my land that was promised to me. And Joshua returns and said, man, you're much older now than you were then. He said, my strength is still the same. Why? Because his strength was in God then. Faith is always present, as is doubt. There's always a face-off. Will you choose doubt or will you choose faith? Will you choose Nicolas Cage or John Travolta, right? <laughs> so, uh, then they switch. And you're like, what am I doing here? I don't know. And then they switch back. So. Some of you remember that, that movie. Some of you don't. So, 1997, that was a long time ago. So, yes. <laughs> 
Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, if we could get that scripture. I love this description of faith. Anybody know that, that, that verse? We'll just go ahead and have some. If you have faith as a grain of what? Mustard seed. The Bible says here, he replied, because you have so little faith. Here's the thing. Here's the interesting thing that I've never seen. I've never found in the Bible. God never says you have no faith. Everyone has some faith. When he was on the boat crossing and the storm came and the, the disciples were freaking out, he didn't say, you have no faith. He said, oh, you have little faith. We all have some faith. But are we cultivating it? He replied, because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will, be, it will move. Nothing will be impossible. I find it very interesting that he didn't just describe it as something small, but he described it as a seed. Because a seed is, 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 pretty, is pretty indicative of what he thinks our faith should be like. It should be in a growth mode. Seeds were made and created to be planted. Seeds were made and created to be put under duress, to put under dirt, to cover it up, and then watered and cultivated. Seeds have to go under a process of pressure and breaking. That seed breaks apart, and what's inside of that seed grows into what is meant to be. Our faith is the same. Your faith that you have today, sometimes it's going to go under pressure. Sometimes it's going to go under some duress, some process, if you will. But God wants to break that open and the inside of it to grow. And the end of the story needs to be that it grew into faith, that it grew. It didn't just sit on a shelf somewhere. Seeds are no good sitting on a shelf. Right? Like, have you ever been to a, a, a seed store before, and, like, there's a picture of a watermelon on a bag of seeds, and you're like, hmm, watermelon. Right? You might think that, but I guarantee you, I hope, I guarantee, let me, I, I guarantee you, I have never opened up that bag of seed and thought, ooh, this is going to taste good, and just threw the seeds in my mouth and started eating them, right? No, who, who would do that? If you've done that, please don't raise your hand. So, uh, <laughs> because that's not where it's meant to be. It's the same thing. Your seed, your faith is a seed. And it can grow into something amazing and wonderful and beautiful as long as it goes in through the process. As long as it has some breaking. It's going to have some breaking. It's going to have some pressure. So where you're at right now, if you're feeling pressure, if you're feeling some duress, if you're feeling some of the process, if you will, don't give up. Keep going. Don't give up. Let it mature. Let it grow. Let it come into full fruition of what God wants to have in your life. He wants blessings for you. He wants wants great things for you. He wants your end to be better than your beginning, but it's up to you. It's your decision today. Somebody say that. Say, it's my decision to grow my faith or not. Our faith is the same. No doubt, her faith in life, her faith in others, her faith even in herself was, was tested. I mean, we don't know how long she's gone through this issue of having a daughter that's just having, I mean, we don't know how, how bad it is, but it seems to be pretty bad. I mean, this has gone beyond just the school counselor, okay? <laughs> this has gone beyond, you know, Dr. Dr. Phil. Like, you know? I mean, rip Jerry Springer, but it's just gone beyond Jerry Springer. Right? Like, things are bad. She doesn't know what to do. 
But the, the crazy thing is that where it feels like maybe she has lost all hope, really what's happened is everything, all the pressure, all the process, all the duress, all the things that have happened in her life has opened up the seed of faith in her life so it can grow. And she's able to say, it doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter what the disciples say. It doesn't matter if I'm Jewish or not. It doesn't matter if I'm a man or a woman. It doesn't matter. All those things, what matters is my faith, right? It doesn't matter if you're a man in here, if you're a woman in here. It doesn't matter if you're a little bit older, a little bit younger. It doesn't matter if what gender you are, what race you are. It doesn't matter. What matters is your faith. That's what God wants to know is how are you utilizing your faith? She was not Israelite. She was not from there. She was from Tyre and Sidon. She was from somewhere totally different. But here's the thing about faith. Hebrews 10 and 38 says this about faith. And my righteous ones are the just one verse. The one, one version of it says, we'll live by faith, but I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. Let me explain what that means. It means faith is not timid. It means faith, if you let it, it will drive you to, to making some noise. To, to making some noise and getting his attention. And so Romans 1 and 17 says this about it. It says, the just will live by faith. And the good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. We live by faith. As the scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person lives. Not a correct person, not a perfect person, but a righteous person. That's someone who is trying to lean into God, who is trying to get things right. You might not have things right, but you're trying to get things right. You're at least pointing in the right direction. You've got a lot of baggage. You've got a lot of failure. Well, welcome to the party. It doesn't matter. What matters is what are you leaning into today? That's what God's looking at. God was not, he didn't really care. Now, he, he, had, a, he had a little bit of a discourse with her of like saying, hey, this is meant for the dogs. Or this is not meant for the dogs. This is meant for the children. Jewish people. And you're not Jewish. He, he already kind of knew where her faith was. Because he knows those type of things. He knows what she's been through. But he also wanted to see a response. And so today, he wants to see your response. And her response was amazing. Her sp response wasn't timid. Because faith wasn't, isn't timid. Faith is bold. Faith is strong. Faith has volume. Faith has volume. Sometimes you've got to cry out. Hebrews 11 and 6 says this, nothing that you can do or have done can outdo faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. Let's, let's go back to that. It's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those that sincerely seek him. Can I tell you, nothing you've ever done in your past, no sin is greater than the faith. No, no failure is greater than your faith. Your faith can trump all of that. It doesn't matter what you're going through right now. Your faith is the card that trumps all of it. It goes beyond everything. It goes beyond every stereotype. Nothing you can do, have done, or ever will do will overcome faith if you let faith grow. And I'm coming to an end here. The, the interesting thing is that she didn't just believe that he could. And this is where the face of faith that I want to remind you and I want you to take with you. She didn't just believe that he could. 
but she believed that he would do it for her. Not that he just could do it, because there's a lot. Of, I know God can do it because he's done it for them, but I don't know if he will do it for me. Well, I've got faith. God's done so many things. But then when it comes to us, really faith is more than stating that he can do it. Faith is believing something so strong that he'll do it for you that it brings you into action, into mobilization. It gives you volume. It gives you courage. It gives you strength. And so today, I want to remind us that there was a lady in the Bible who was marginalized, who had issues probably greater than what most of us are facing right now, but I'm not minimizing your issues because I've got issues before. I don't want you to minimize mine either. Right? You ever have somebody minimize your issue? Right? Yeah? Like, come on, bro. Come on. Dude, you don't know what I'm going through, bro. It's affecting me. We all have those moments. And whether you're in one right now, whether you just came out of one, or whether you're going to go into one next week, I want you to remember today, your faith is ready to grow if you'll let it grow. Become the face of faith. She became the face of faith for all genders, all races, all people. That he not only could, but that he would do it for us. That he would do it for her. Will you become the face of faith today for those around you? Not just, you see, because faith is more important than just your issue. Your faith, your faith affects others as well. It was because of her faith that we have the story that encourages us today. What if we could all, you, let, me, let me do something real quick, a little bit different actually here. I don't, I don't want all of us to stand. But if, if you're facing something particularly strong in life, and you don't have to mention what it is, if you've been going through something, I want to ask if you'll stand. I want to pray for you today. Anyone in this house, if there's some things that you're going through, I want to remind you. I want to just, just knock on the, the door of your heart today and say, hey, it's not over. It's not over. But, but he hasn't done it yet, and I've been crying out. Keep crying out because faith is persistent. She kept crying out, and she got his attention. I don't know if it's for me. It is for you. You're his child. It is for you. Well, I've done this. Now, it doesn't matter what you've done. What you've done cannot overcome your faith. It will not overcome.